Hi, you are listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Hey, well, good morning. Welcome to church. I'm glad you guys are here today. You look good. Turn to your neighbor, say you look good. You look good. Some of y'all are a little bit afraid to talk today. Hey, it's summer, and um, I'm so thankful for summer. Summer means for me, I like to be on the front row. I like to have my Bible out and I like to listen. And um, I like to get a word from God. And so, and really, I've really been working hard this summer to just be soaking in. And so, when I get to do that, I get to listen to my friends come and preach. And so, my friend Clint is here today. And um, Clint has been a good friend to uh, Diane and I. And um, in this past year and a half during this uh, pandemic, um, been able to sit with them, talk with them, and laugh with them. Just so, so, so thankful for them. And, and uh, Clint's wife and uh, his two, his three kids are here today. The youngest one is in the kids' church probably not listening somewhere, you know, and he's hanging out with Trip. so um, I, who knows, they're probably vaping, honestly, I, really, we have no, we have no idea, uh, but my friend Clint's here today, can we stand to our feet, can we put our hands together for Clint's going to bring this word today for us, <laughs> thankful for you, there you go, I'll take it, I'll take it, hey, thank you guys, y'all grab a seat, grab a seat, thank you so much, I am, uh, I'm super glad to be here, uh, you guys sounded great, Y'all, excellent, excellent job singing. Look at the person next to you. Say, hey, you sounded really nice this morning, even if you don't really mean it. Even if you don't mean it. it it's a privilege for us to, uh, it's a privilege for us to be here. Wes, Wes and Diana, we've been friends, like they said, for a long time. And uh, I'm just so proud of what, what you guys are doing here um, with Hope Church. I love what you're doing. We're fans uh, from, we, we live in Melbourne, about an hour away. And so my crew got up early this morning. Thank you guys. I love having y'all here. But uh, we've been fans of Hope Church for as long as you guys have been here. One, one of the things, pastors, one of the things we say is uh, great church is not defined by their music. It's not defined by a great preacher. Um, it's, it's not defined by a cool building. It's really defined by proclaiming the name of Jesus in your community. And it sounds like you guys did an incredible job serving this weekend doing that. So excellent job. That's pretty awesome. One of the things I love to say is, hey, if Hope Church ended, if Hope Church was kicked out of the YMCA, if they weren't here anymore, if they didn't exist, would the community miss you? Would there be something missing? And I truly believe there would be, that you guys are making a massive impact in this community. So excellent, excellent job. I do have a question did anybody actually see Wes doing any of the landscape yesterday? Because I can't picture him doing that. Did anybody see? Did it? Nobody. No, no. She was clapping. That does not mean. I think she was agreeing with what I was saying. I think she was agreeing with. Let's take it to a vote. You guys, did anybody else see him? It, the majority wins. Nobody else saw you, man. Nobody else saw you. Just the one person in each service. But I do love that you guys are serving the community. That's pretty awesome. How's the summer going? Pretty good? You guys enjoying the summer? It's going pretty good. One of the things I love about summertime is your schedule slows down a little bit. I don't know about for you, but I personally, I love sleep. I love my sleep. And so as, um, as a dad, one of the things that I love about summer is we don't have to get up early, get the kids ready, get them off to school. Any parents in the room? I mean, I know here's the thing. I think the best part about the iPad is when your kid is old enough for you to look at them and say, 
do not come into my room before I come out, right? Are you with me, parents? It's like, stay on, stay on your iPad, and when I wake up, I will come out of my room. Uh, that, that's, I know it's kind of, it can be a double-edged sword, the iPad and technology, right? But that's one of the things I love about it, because I, I get to sleep a little more. Now, I know this isn't probably the most spiritual thing to say, but I do love to sleep. You know, you'll hear about um, pastors. I grew up in the church. I've been in church my whole life, and when you're in the church, you hear, yeah, man, I got up early, and, you know, I was up at 5 a.m. Some pastors, they're up early, and they're doing their quiet time, and they're working out, and they're dressed, and they've had, you know, they, they've had their breakfast all before 6 a.m. And when I hear stories like that, I think, man, I'm going to hell. I'm not, I, I just, nothing good happens before 6, unless I'm going fishing. You know, uh, my wife is here. She can confirm this. If you come in my room before 6 a.m., I'm probably going to cuss at you, Okay. It's just, it's the reality. I, I love to sleep. I hope you guys are getting some, some rest this summer. I hope you're getting a little bit of extra sleep. Uh, this morning, we're going to look at a message from one of, um, of Jesus' most famous teachings. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Everybody say Sermon on the Mount. When Jesus gives this sermon, he's literally on the side of a mountain. At this point, Jesus had become famous. He's got people following him. He's got people that are they're not quite sure who he is, but he's performed some miracles and he's teaching things that maybe they've never heard of before. And so he's, he's got a group of people to the point where he literally has to get up on the side of this mountain so that this group of people can hear him. And so we're going to dig in. You guys actually over the next several weeks, you're going to look at this sermon on the mount. And, and he literally is preaching to this group of people and he's talking to this group of people who were under Jewish law. Jewish law at that time was incredibly intense. It, w- it was literally comprised of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rules, okay? Think like Ten Commandments, but that just scratched the surface. And you had these, these Pharisees that would go around, and it was their job to just make sure that everybody kept the rules. And so these people, they were used to, they had grown up, they were generations were used to rules on top of rules on top of rules, and it governed everything that they did. Every single thing that they did, their relationships, their jobs, what they ate, their entire lives were governed by this law, by this Jewish law. And when we think about law, when we think about rules, we don't naturally think about religion today, do we? And we might think about the president, we might think about the governor, we might think about Congress, we might think about policemen and things like that. But that's not what they thought. When, when they thought of laws, it had everything to do with religion, And their laws in those days were incredibly detailed. And it was burdensome. It was full of restrictions. It was full of limitations. It was full of stipulations. And this was a a tiring way to live. And the Pharisees loved it. They loved it because they got to go around and they got to point out, hey, you're not keeping that law. Hey, you're not, look at you. You're not, you're breaking that law. That's what the Pharisees did They pointed out how they were keeping the law, and they were pointing out how nobody else could. And when Jesus stepped on the scene, these people were tired. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, you look tired. Now you respond and say, well, you're a jerk. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, right? It's like, that's not a compliment. Jesus steps on the scene for the Sermon on the Mount, and they're tired. You can imagine this massive group of people, and they're worn out. They're stressed out doing everything they can to keep the rules. Why? Because they saw God as a judge. That's the way they viewed God. God's a judge. 
God's a policeman. He's, he's watching us to see, are they keeping the rules? Are they doing the right thing? And, and if you and I were honest, we'd probably admit there's times when we see God that way too, don't we? We feel like our relationship with God, we feel like the way that we interact with God is, is determined by our ability to keep the rules. Our ability to follow the law. It's a long list of, of to-dos. Do this. Don't do that. Right? Say this. Don't say that. Make sure you go to church. You know, don't drink. Don't smoke. Don't hang out with people that do. Right? We feel like this relationship with God is this long list of things. And we're doing everything we can to follow the rules. And the people Jesus is speaking to on the Sermon Amount was no different. Religion for them was work. It was work. It was this idea of, man, I, I hope I would like to please God. I would like for God, when God looks down on me, I would like for him to be pleased with me. And even though these laws are stringent, even though this is going to be difficult, even though this is full of all kinds of rules and regulations, I'm going to do my very best to keep them because when God looks at me, I want him to be pleased. Can you relate to that? Can you relate to this idea of when God, when God thinks about you, don't you want him to be happy with you? Don't, don't you want him to be pleased with you? That's what's going on with these people in the Sermon on the Mount. And so you and I, we do the same thing. We kind of look at our relationship with God and we say, okay, we're going to buckle down. We're going we're gonna to white knuckle it, right? We're going to hold on as tight as we can. We're going to do everything we can to follow God's rules. Maybe you heard those rules in church growing up. Maybe you heard them from mom, dad. Maybe you read them in the Bible. Some of you don't even know where you got the rules, but you got these things going on in your mind, right? And you're saying, I need to be this. I need to do that. I need to follow these sets of guidelines. And I hope when I come to the end of my life, the good that I do will outweigh the bad. Now, some of you, you've been coming to church your entire life, and you know exactly what happens when you try to do this. You give up, right? Because you try, and you try, and you try to keep the rules, and to do what God asks, and to obey, but you fail, and you fall over and over and over again, and eventually you lose heart. Eventually you just give up. Eventually you, you punt. You quit. This isn't going to work. And that's what's going on in, in this, that's what's going on in this story that we're going to look at today. At the end of the day, these people, they wanted God to be pleased with them. And they wanted to go to heaven, but they were worn out. They were, they were tired from it. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 5. I want you, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to look at verse, start in verse 17. And I'm going to read a little bit for you, and then we'll, we'll all explain some of it. So let me read Matthew 5. 17, here's what it says. It says, do not think that I've come, this is Jesus speaking, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who has sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands 
will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Check this out. Jesus says, for I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. And, it, and you can picture this moment. It's like the air just gets sucked out. Everybody's thinking, what? I have to be more righteous than the Pharisees? Hold on, that, that, you're telling me, and I'm doing everything I can to follow these rules, but I've got to be more righteous than the Pharisees? That's all those guys do. Jesus, that's all they do. They just walk around all day and try to keep the law, and they, try to, they make fun of people who can't. You're telling me I've got to, I've got to be more righteous than those guys? This is impossible. And if, if you came with a friend... Right, or you came with your spouse or whoever you came to hear this guy Jesus speak, you're thinking, why did we come here? Right? This guy's crazy. This, what's, who could possibly follow the rules that well? I mean, I can't even keep the rules the Pharisees tell me about. I can't even keep those. How am I going to be even better than those guys? I'm in trouble. So many people in that day, they're thinking, I'm in trouble. But here, here's the interesting thing. Jesus is just getting started. If, you, if you've read Matthew 5 before, you know. This is, just, this is just the beginning. Jesus goes on to define what it means to be righteous and holy. He, he goes through a list of what we'll call this morning, but I say. Okay, And I want you to say that with me. I want you to say, but I say. But I want you to say it with some energy, right? Like, like you mean it. Ready? One, two, three. I heard a lot. Good job this side. You guys, I need a little more from you, okay? I'm going to cut you some slack, though. So we're going to, this is the, this is the but I tell you type of uh, these commandments that Jesus is going through. It's in verse 21. We're going to skip down to verse 21. Here's what it says. It says, you've heard it say, don't murder. And everybody is looking around thinking, okay, got it. Got it. I haven't done that. I haven't done that. I wanted to. Right? Anybody with me? I wanted to, but I haven't actually killed anybody. And Jesus continues. He says, but I say, but I tell you, if you're mad at someone, you deserve judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you should go to jail. If you cuss someone out, you may end up in hell. And everybody's like, what? I can't even get mad at my neighbor? Are you kidding me? What's good? This, this Jesus guy is crazy, and there's probably people in the crowd saying, whoa, 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 hold on, Jesus, hold on, hold on, you're just throwing out hell like it's no big deal. We, I, need, I have some questions about that. I, we need to talk about that. Before they can ask, Jesus continues. Look at verse 7, 27. Jesus says, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. And again, the crowd is thinking, oh, okay, okay, good one. I'm good on that. I don't even go to Hooters, right? I don't, I'm, I'm good there. Don't. Don't commit adultery. Jesus says, but I say, if you even look at a woman lustfully, it's as if you've already slept with her. And some guy in the back's choking on his pita, right? He's like, oh, man, what? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Jesus is he's changing the game here. He goes on to say, if your eye causes you to sin, it's better for you if you just popped it out. What? Jesus, what are you talking about? He says stuff like, 
gouge out your eyes, cut off your hand, cut off your arm. If somebody wants one, give them two. If they slap you, turn your cheek. If they ask for your shirt, give them your jacket. This is extreme stuff Jesus is talking about here. It's extreme stuff, and he's relentless. He's going through this list over and over, each one, each one, more and more brutal. It's beyond difficult. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, hey, the bar was high. The bar was high, and, and I'm actually not here to remove the bar. I'm raising the bar. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to raise the bar on you guys. He touches on revenge, divorce, murder, lust, our enemies, each time telling them, hey, you thought you were righteous, but you're fooling yourself. You thought your works you were following the rules, but guys, you're, you're mistaken. See, if, if you want to be righteous, if you want God to look down on you and for, for you to be pleased, I'm just going to tell you this is what it's going to take. If you truly want to know what God's value system are, what, what his value system is, what his values are, here they are. And he lists them, and everybody's just blown away. What? I can't accomplish this. This, this is impossible. I'm going to ask Silas and Bentley, will you grab, will you, will you grab that for me? A couple, couple years ago, my family was on vacation. And uh, we were driving through this town. And I, don't judge me for this, okay? I know some of you are going to, but don't judge me for this. We're driving through this town. We're sitting at this stoplight. Thanks, guys. Everybody, this is my daughter, Bentley. That's my son, Silas. They're awesome. Look just like their mama. So we're driving through this town, and I see this group of guys walking towards us. And the first thing I notice is this guy's calves, okay? I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. This guy has the biggest calves I've ever seen. I, and I, I remember, this is, a, man, what is going on? That, that's, this guy is. And so I'm like looking up, right? And I look at him, and guess who it is? LeBron James, okay? LeBron James, you guys ever see him on TV? Look at his calves. They're huge. They're like this big, right? Now, can you imagine, all right, in that moment, can you imagine if I had said, hey, hey, LeBron, let's have a dunk contest. Let's, let's have a dunk contest, and I'm going to show you all these dunks that I can do, and I show him this hoop. H how many dunks do you think I would have to do on this hoop for LeBron James to be impressed with me? How many? How many 360s, tomahawks, right, between the legs? How many do, would I have to do for LeBron James to look at me and say, hey, dude, that's pretty good, right? That's pretty good. You think that's going to happen? No, that's not going to happen. Now, this is what we do with God. We, we show God our works. We, we want to we show off. We want to say, man, God, look at all this good I'm doing. And in this sermon, Jesus looks at these people and he's saying, hey, you guys, you thought this is not the bar. This is, this is not the bar. If you, if you really want to know what God's value system is, it's way up here. And everybody's left feeling, man. He closes out this section, verse 48. Jesus says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. You want to please God? Do you want God to be impressed with you? That's all you got to do. Just be perfect. 
Just be perfect because he's perfect. And you can imagine this moment where disappointment falls over the crowd, right? And silence falls over the crowd. And, and they're thinking, what? Man, I'm not even close. I'm not even close. And maybe, maybe you're here today and you can relate to that. You can relate to that. You're tired. You've been hustling. You've been hustling, right? You're doing everything you can to please God with your works. And it's felt like this long list of to-dos. Do this. Don't do this. Say this. Don't say that. Go here. Don't go there. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Some of you, you quit. Or you change the game, Right? You kind of say, okay, well, maybe these are the things God cares more about, so I'm going to pay attention to these, and I'm going to forget these because I'm, I'm not as good at these over here, right? But either way, we're trying to do everything we can through our works to follow God, and it's not working. The church is often called the house of hypocrites. When the world looks at Christians, a lot of times they'll, they'll call us hypocrites. Why? Because they look at these they look at this long list of rules, and they're like, man, you guys, you guys aren't even close to that list. You guys aren't following that list any better than I follow it. And so they look at followers of Jesus, and they say, you're a hypocrite. And you know what? They're right. They're absolutely right. Some of you, you need to hear this today. If you read Matthew 5, and you're tired. If you read through this list, some of which I just read this morning, if you read through this and you walk away tired, exhausted, disappointed, defeated, you're missing the point. Jesus didn't give us the Sermon on the Mount to say, hey, here's a long list of rules and I want you guys to start working. Start working. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, white-knuckle it, work hard, figure it out, and we'll see, if you come to the end of your life, we'll see, maybe the good will have outweighed the bad. That's not why Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus didn't give the Sermon on the Mount for us to read it all these years later and and just feel defeated and, and feel tired. And feel disappointed. If you read this list and you think, man, I'll never measure up. If you read this list and you walk away tired, you miss the point of the Sermon on the Mount. See, the point of the Sermon on the Mount is actually Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus gives us this list to help us see we will never earn a right standing through our works. He gives us this list so that you and I can understand there's nothing we can do, zero that we can do to earn our way to God. He says, hey, if you want to try, you can try, but let me make sure you know the game we're playing. Here's the game. Here's the list, all right? You, you want to try to figure it out? Here's the list you need, to, you need to accomplish. And he didn't give you that list to make you feel defeated. 
He, he gave you the list to help you understand there's nothing you can do. Zero you could ever do to earn your way to God. For God to look down at you and say, wow, those are some pretty impressive dunks you're doing. It's not going to happen, guys. It's impossible. Jesus gave us the Sermon on the Mount to help us see, hey, you don't measure up. You won't ever measure up. There's not enough good you could do to earn your way to God. You know what that's called? That's called moralism. Moralism is, is believing that you can work your way into God's favor. That your actions and, and, and your behavior will somehow earn God's favor in your life. And Jesus takes a mirror in the Sermon on the Mount and he puts it in front of him and he says, hey, here's the list. How you doing? How's it going? And every single one of them is just, they're like, this isn't going to work. See, they thought the point was to be good in order to please God. They thought the point was to work and work and work in order to please God. And what I want you guys to know this morning is Jesus pleased God for you. Are you guys hearing me? Jesus pleased God for you. When you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible tells us that we become righteous. We become as righteous as we will ever be, regardless of the good works we do, regardless of the good things we do. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, God now looks at us and he sees Jesus' righteousness in our lives. Some of you guys, you're here today and you're like, man, Clint, some of this is brand new to me. I, I've never put my faith in Jesus. I've never asked Jesus to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I've been trying to work my way to God. In just a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to put your faith in Jesus for the first time. I would love for you to be thinking about that. Others of you, and I know this is the majority of our crowd this morning, we've been coming to church. We've been coming to church. And it's so easy to do this, guys. We believe in God's grace. We believe in his forgiveness. And we, we believe that his grace and his forgiveness will get us into heaven. But it's so easy for us to think that it's our good works that's going to keep us there. It's our behavior. It's going to church. It's the way we treat people. It's the things we do, things we don't do. And that determines whether or not God is pleased with us. That determines when God looks at, at us. Is he happy? And we're wrong. We're wrong. Jesus gives this sermon to help these people see you can't earn your way to God. And it's not through works that you get righteousness. If you read Matthew 5 all the way through chapter 11, I love this. It, it, it says this, chapter Matthew 11 um, chapter 11, verse 28, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you, what? Rest. Come to me if you're weary. Hey, you worn out this morning? You tired? It's not working, is it? 
Jesus in Matthew 5 doesn't give them all this list of things to do and then in chapter 11 say, hey, if you're tired, come to me. No, 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 he's pointing, he's pointing this out to them. Guys, a relationship with me isn't about work. A relationship with me is about, it's actually about rest. It's about trust. It's about faith. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Why? For I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're here this morning and you're tired, let me remind you, it's not through your works that you will earn a right standing with God. The point of the Sermon on the Mount isn't do more, be better, behave, is Jesus. Jesus came and did all of that on our behalf. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here this morning and you say, Clint, I've never put my faith in Jesus. I've never trusted Jesus with my life. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. The Bible tells us if we put our faith and trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, that he comes into our life and he gives us his righteousness, that his Holy Spirit lives inside of us. If that's you this morning and you want to make that decision, you can just repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I've tried my way and it hasn't worked. This morning I put my faith and my trust in your son Jesus for the forgiveness of my sins. Come into my life. In Jesus' name. Man, if you did that, I want to encourage you this morning. Talk to Wes. Talk to Diana. We would love to talk to you about that decision. For the rest of you, I want to pray for you guys because I know there are people in the room you are working and you are tired and you're exhausted and you're doing it because you think maybe it'll get you to heaven you think maybe it'll allow God to be pleased with you. You think maybe it'll help God protect you and your family. It's so easy as a follower of Jesus to think this way. Now, I want to pray this morning specifically for the people in the room that are feeling that. God, it is so hard for us to completely trust and lean into you. God, we want to earn our way. That's, that's part of our pride started all the way at the beginning with Adam and Eve. We want to earn our way. But God, that's not trusting you. God, there are people in the room this morning who have put their faith in you, but it's so easy to slip back into this idea of earning your favor. God, would you help us? Would you give us the courage? That's what it takes. Would you give us the courage to let go of that, to quit striving, to quit hustling, to quit working? to begin to let you change us from the inside out. God, we want your spirit to live inside of us and the change and the holiness that you see in our lives are from you, not from us. Not from us working hard, doing the right things, saying the right things, but from your spirit inside of us, God. Pray that over the people here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden.
We hope you have a blessed day.